Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Today, what we're going to be doing is republishing a webinar presentation that I did a few days ago with my friends Ali and Patrick from ecovillages.life. So I thought this was a great presentation. We had literally hundreds of people on the line, but I know because there are people who listen to the podcast from literally every corner of planet Earth, I think we literally have like every single country covered who listened to this podcast, which is amazing. Anyways, that the time zones, there was a lot of people who missed the presentation, unfortunately, and I know that they want to hear it. So I thought, you know what? Let's put it out on the podcast and you'll get to listen to it here. Now, if you want to see the video version of this, we're going to be putting it on YouTube as well. So you can go to YouTube and search expat money or expat money and Mikkel or something like that. And you guys can subscribe to the channel and you'll be able to find the video version of this, which will have all the slides and the pictures and everything that we're referring to in the webinar presentation. So that's number one. Number two is, I'm going to spoil the surprise a little bit, but Patrick made a very, very generous offer on the presentation that he would be covering all of the legal fees if someone wanted to get their residency in Nicaragua if they went through the investment through his company, okay? So you're going to learn about the investment on this, you're going to learn about the residency, and you're going to learn about Nicaragua. And he makes you a special offer in this that he will cover all of the costs if you invest. However, he set a date of the 15th of this month, okay? I had dinner with him last night and I got him to agree because I'm putting this out on the podcast and because not everybody had a chance to listen that you can get an extension of seven days. So seven days a week from when this is airing, you're still going to be able to get this deal and he will cover the residency costs. So if you guys want more information about all of this, especially after you listen to the episode, then you can send him an email, him and Ali an email. And all you have to do is send it to expat at ecovillages.life. Expat, E-X-P-A-T, at ecovillages.life. And in the subject line, just say something about Teak and avocado or Nicaragua residency, something so that they know what it is about, okay? So if you send them an email to 
expat at ecovillages.life. And you do it in the next seven days. He's going to be covering your immigration costs, which this is literally thousands of dollars worth of legal fees. And you guys can get your residency. And it's a very cool program. And I'm going through it myself. So it's a really neat one for sure. So without further ado, I will let you guys jump into our webinar presentation and the recording. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Welcome, everybody. I'm really excited about today's presentation. Today, we're going to be talking about residency in Nicaragua, but specifically residency through investment in agroforestry. So we're going to be talking about the investments, what that entails, the immigration process, how it is all viewed. Uh, we're going to have a big Q&A at the end of this session. So feel free to put your questions in the chat box throughout the presentation. Um, but also at the end, make sure you guys stay around. We're going to try to get to as many questions as we possibly can. With me today is my very good friend, Patrick Hebert and Ali Rodriguez. Uh, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. I think probably a lot of people know you already, but uh, maybe 30 seconds. Pat, you go first. All right. Thanks, Mikkel. And I appreciate being on your show again. And we've got some really exciting stuff to, to talk about tonight. So it's going to be a fun one. It it's really, it's particularly fun because we get to help people and, on this one, and, and I really like that. It's a good, rewarding feeling. Well, my name is Patrick Hebert. I'm one of the co-founders of Eco Villages, so you may have seen Mikkel and Ellie and I and some others talk about that in the past. We also have a, a Vita Verde agroforestry farm, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. And uh, not to take up too much time because we have a lot to talk about, so I'll, I'll just pass it on to Ellie and, and let you go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mikkel, for having us on again tonight um, to be in front of all of your people that um, trust you. And so that means that you trust us a little bit, too, to bring this opportunity to them. So uh, I appreciate you having us on. Um, a fellow Texan, so shout out to my Texan that was there uh, from Austin. I relocated to Central America about five years ago. And uh, I have a story to share with you guys later on in the presentation about why I believe second residencies are so important. And this being a, a really affordable option for a second, third, fourth residency um, is why I'm really excited to be here to share it with you all today. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. Trust is one of the biggest things. I think that you guys have to understand that anytime you come down to Latin America, especially if this is your very first time, you need to work with people that you trust. And Patrick and Ali are probably two of my closest friends down here in Panama. Uh, I think, well, Ali was at the house on the weekend for my daughter's birthday. Pat, I think, was traveling at the moment, but uh, really good people. So full support. Ali, I'm going to hand over the microphone to you. Uh, I will let you do a screen share. I'm very excited for today's presentation. I'll let you take it away and I will put my video on mute and myself on mute and I will see you after the presentation. Okay, guys? Yeah, see Thanks, you in a all right. So we did, you've met now Patrick, um, who is a founder of Vita Verde Agroforestry and myself, Ali Rodriguez, but we are just the people um, in front of you this evening or this morning. Um, but there are tons of people in the background that really make this work and make it happen. Um, you can see on the screen here, Hans, he is the agroforestry botanist. And the caretakers there at the bottom, again, it takes a team. And Patrick, I know you have worked really closely with these guys over the last couple of years to get this up and going and, and get trees planted and replanted. So I'll let you talk a little bit about your extended team here. Yeah, we have a great team. And of course, it's it's larger than all this as well. There's This is this is a good meet some of the team page, but uh, <laughs> Hans, is, Hans is very key. I mean, 
I know I know the plants and the trees pretty well, but Hans is like the expert. He's the botanist that you know went to school for this and and make sure that the trees are doing great and and really you know a lot of the brains behind everything that we're doing over there. So it's uh, it's great to have him around and and all the the local folks that uh, work at the farm and and really have a great time. It's a great team, and you know we we really enjoy with the the team that we have there. Perfect. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. I know that we do have a lot to cover, a lot of fun stuff and a lot of, um, you know, residency type stuff. And we definitely want to leave some time for questions. So let me just move forward here. So something about this opportunity is what piqued your interest, what made you sign up and come on this webinar this evening. And whether it was from the residency aspect or maybe the investment aspect or even just the re reforestation aspect, maybe you are what we like to call tree huggers. Um, you are here for a reason, and we're excited to share with you what this investment um, leads to in residency in Nicaragua. So moving forward, why do you want a second resident? This is where I wanted to share my story with you. So um, some of you that have spoken to me in the past. Um, I recognize some names on the line here. You know that during COVID, I was actually stranded outside of my home country and when the borders closed. And luckily, I had a second residency. I already had that in, in my passport and good to go there. And I was able to um, get back home eventually. Otherwise, I would have been staying on my in-laws couches for what ended up being five months. Um, so having a second residency, it gives you that mental health insurance. It gives you that peace of mind, knowing that if something were to happen and either you want to get out of your home country, you want to just escape for a while, or maybe you, uh, you know, something unexpected happens while you're traveling that you're able to get back home. Um, it gives you the right to stay in the country indefinitely, meaning you can come and go as you please, you actually get to go um, into the residence line at immigration, which is super. <laughs> I found it to be definitely a big perk. You don't have to stand in the long lines. But then, of course, you know, the last point on the page here and certainly not the least important is allowing for that diversification of assets and having money in different parts of the world. Yeah, hey, if I could just add one quick thing in there, just a couple stories, too. I I was just talking to a friend the other day that um, the, the, the country will remain nameless, but a, a Caribbean country that they had they had bought and, or had a, a beautiful home on the beach built. And then when COVID hit, they weren't even allowed to go to it because this particular country didn't allow non-residents into the country during COVID. So, you know, that's a, that's kind of a, you know, heartbreaking story if you think, okay, yeah. this is where I'm going to go if, if crap hits the fan and, and now you can't even go. So, that, that was a bit crazy. And I, I like the mental health insurance thing because one of the reasons I kind of wanted to put that on there is when, when I, my wife and I got married, she's a doctor and she said, well, we got to have health insurance because we're traveling all over the place. And I said, yeah, but the, the you know, the, the healthcare down in Latin America is by most standards, very, very inexpensive. And she's like, yeah, but we go to the U.S. quite often too. And it's like not cheap there. So we should get some health insurance. And, you know, I remember her saying, I need that health insurance to sleep at night. And I was thinking about residency and that, you know, when I was kind of explaining to her, I, I need, you know, I have a Nicaraguan residency and the Panamanian residency and, and the lease work permit and those things. And so I, I need that to sleep at night. So I was joking that it was my mental health insurance is the, is the residencies that the plan B's and C's residencies that I have. 
Right. And you, you mentioned plan B's and C's, and, and I wanted to talk about that on the next slide as well. But uh, we have a saying where I come from that insurance is in case it happens. And so, uh, you know, that kind of comes into play here in case something happens, in case um, you just need a, a back pocket tool, you have it ready to go. Um, but why Nicaragua? So you mentioned, Patrick, that you plan B, plan C, plan D. There's nothing wrong with having multiple options, multiple residencies. And um, obviously us, we are here in Panama. Uh, I also have residency in Belize. So having these multiple options of places where we can go um, really helps with having that mental insurance and being able to sleep tonight. But so why Nicaragua? I mean, a lot of people are attracted to two of the biggest places, Panama and Costa Rica. Um, the investor residency is about to explode here again in Panama or increase again here in Panama um, by October of this year. So it went through a pretty significant increase last year, and we're going to see another one towards the end of this year. Um, Costa Rica's residency just, just went up recently as well. And we're starting to see other countries catch on. And Nicaragua is definitely not uh, not not paying attention. They're actually looking at it. And we have been hearing uh, a little bit of rumor about the government um, deciding to up the investor residency uh, minimums. So uh, we're seeing it all around the region, Honduras, as you know, digital nomadism and, and people are um, finding their landing pads around the world. Those residencies are going up. So why Nicaragua? It is the most affordable residency. Um, we are going <laughs> to, I guess, uh, reveal the whole price for the, the farm and your residency and all of that towards the end. But it's also one of the safest countries. You know, a lot of times we work with clients that are scared to come to the region. They're scared of, of Nicaragua because they've heard um, media. They've heard news stories and they all paint Nicaragua in this, in this bad light. But the reality is the people that are here are actually, they are safe and people are friendly and more times than not, they want to help you if something bad happens. Um, you know, something uh, that Patrick, I know you experienced a lot was uh, in Nicaragua, they didn't have mandates for vaccines and, and they didn't require vaccines of their citizens. And so when they, you know, they basically treated people as adults, you can make your decision. You you inform yourself and make a decision of whether or not you want to wear the mask when you go grocery shopping. Uh, it makes it really easy to do business in Nicaragua as far as your daily activities like grocery shopping and tours and just all your daily everyday things. Um, the official currency there is the Cordoba, but they do deal with US dollars as well. And not to mention that they have incredible scenery, uh, lakes, volcanoes, obviously beach. Um, so tons of stuff that you can do there as well. So when you're when you're coming in and using that residency, uh, you have a lot to explore and a lot to do when you get there. And, and not to, you know, to overlook too much the, the lack of lockdowns, mandates and no vaccine requirement. That was huge for, for a lot of people. Nicaragua seeing a 20 or 30 times increase in the number of expats moving to it now, and mostly solely because of that. I mean, Nicaragua has always been beautiful and, and affordable and safe, but when they, you know, when the COVID thing came out and, you know, the proof was in the pudding, which countries went a bit crazy and which ones just said, look, you're, you're not children. We're not your parents. You get to, you get to act the way you want and, and you know, 
provide safety for your family in the way you believe is best. That was a huge thing for Nicaragua. And I, w- I appreciated that immensely because it was sure nice to go somewhere, you know, walk around without, without masks and, and everything. So, you know, it, it really set itself apart right then. And, and the fact that it has the lowest uh, of the, uh, the lowest investment fees for uh, residency is, is probably not going to last because they're getting overwhelmed a little bit with the number of people applying for residency. So, you know, that, that, and, and that's one of the main reasons why. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, we may talk a little bit about later as well, though, is that a lot of the people that are getting through the residency process uh, before it was a lot easier and you had a little bit of flexibility on what you could invest in to get that residency. But now that's changing a bit too. Uh, Patrick, I know you've been talking to our, our lawyer, our attorney there in Nicaragua, and, and this is really why this is this investment into agroforestry is going to be something that is affordable, but also will help you in that residency process and, and get you over that hump. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really important point, Ellie. Thanks for bringing that up because um, in the past, a lot of people in, you know, um, would, would buy a home, for instance, in, in Nicaragua, and, and they'd use that as their investment uh, in, investment in the country. But that's not really being allowed anymore because uh, the reason that the country has this investment residency program is for people to come down, create something that generates jobs for people. And having your own home that you stay in by the beach doesn't really do a lot for the, for the country economics. So they've really started to clamp down on that. Whereas a couple of years ago, you could do that. You could say, oh, I'm buying a home and it costs X dollars and that's over the threshold. So away you go. You've got your residency. That's that's not the way it is anymore. Now it has to be some some real business, which is why we, you know, just a few weeks ago that we really created this opportunity. And, and it's because it, it checks all the boxes and, and it's inexpensive. And, you know, that, that a lot of people that were thinking, well, I'm just going to buy a home you know, they're just not, they're going to get rejected in immigration with their residency if they, if they try that route. And I mean, it's a little bit flexible if you're buying a home and you're renting it out, technically that's a business, but the immigration, you know, offices are, are watching for that too. Are you saying you're going to rent it out and then just actually going to live in it or is it, a, you know, a real business? So the beauty of this agroforestry farm is that it is a real business. Right. So talk to us then, what is agroforestry? Because you know, a lot of times when you hear people talking about forests and farms and things like that, they may not necessarily understand the concept behind agroforestry. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that and why you chose to go that route um, with this particular piece of land. Well, I won't go into too much detail and we'll keep moving along, but um, this this piece of property, this farm was a peanut farm for the last couple of decades or longer. And I, I acquired it in about 2005 or six, something like that. So it's been about 15, 17, somewhere in years like that, that I've had it. But then I kind of realized that the way that they were farming it was, you know, the, if you just have one mono crop and it's over and over and over again, and, and you don't even do summer fall, like allow land to breathe for a year or two, it just really, um, a crop like peanuts is really just a surface level rooted um, plant. So you're really just, recycling the you know six inches of, of soil nutrients over and over again. And none of the plants there were going deeper. So what agroforestry does is it takes a cue from nature and says, well, if you go to any jungle or forest, you're gonna see a mix of different kinds of plants. You're gonna see ones that have deep roots like the teak trees. The teak trees get enormous. 
and the, the roots go really deep. Uh, avocado is kind of a mid-sized plant. And we're looking at things like stevia, or you can even see in the picture, that is actually a picture from the farm. And you know, it, it, there's there are weeds, there's grass, there's all the peanuts that are left over still growing on the ground. And like I said, stevia that we're looking at going to be adding as well. So you get those you know, shallow rooted plants and the, the deep rooted plants like teak bring the so soil nutrients from way underground back up to their leaves and then the leaves fall off and then it starts that whole cycle again. So it's really, uh, uh, agroforestry is really a mix of agriculture and forestry. And, and part of the reason for that is just to, to better treat the land so you get the nutrients and you can do it more organically. Right, yeah, exactly. And, and I know that in this, um, on this particular um, opportunity, you have a couple of different types of avocados um, that you planted. Do you know, <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do you, know? You, know, you know what, I, I wrote them down because I knew you were gonna do this to me. <laughs> There's actually, you know, it's interesting with the, there's four, there's four varieties of avocado mixed within the farm and they have two flowering seasons. So one, you know, at one point of the year and then six months later, another one. So you get, it's good for the revenue too, right? Cause you get offset avocado fruit and uh, well, the, the types are, and I wrote them down, so I'm going to read them, but one's called the, on the first flowering season is the Benic. It's from Guatemala. It's a rich guacamole type of avocado. So you'd probably really love that one. Uh, the choquete is a juicy Florida variety, and that's in, so those two are in that first season. And in the second season, they have Booth Eight. Anybody that's a big avocado fan knows the William Booth name. He he really brought in a lot of different varieties of avocado, and in, in, in for over you know his family over over centuries. And uh, that's actually a mix. The uh, the Booth Eight is a mix of a Guatemalan and an Indian uh, hybrid. And then there's a San Rafael, which is from California, but it's really popular in Nicaragua. A lot of times you'll see in the stores there, they, they use a lot of San Rafael. Good, good for uh, guacamole as well. So. I just love avocados. So <laughs> I want to try them all. But, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the land and why, we're, you know, you chose to do this agroforestry and, and have a couple of different kinds of plants on the land. But why Cosaguina? So I know I always mess up that word. I've been practicing it all day. But, um, you got it right, Cosaguina. So where is Cosaguina and why is this a good place to have healthy trees and, and strong trees? Yeah, well, Cosaguina, first of all, is a beautiful dormant volcano. You can see it in the picture there. Um, it's got a big lagoon in the freshwater lagoon in the, in the inside and hot springs all around it. It's actually pretty cool there. You can stop on the way to the farms and pull over by the side of the road and there's little ponds that are full of hot springs and actually crazy you know fish and dragonflies they all look different like, i don't know i guess if the water temperature is like 100 and some degrees then all the animals change too so it was it's pretty cool to look at but it's right at the very uh, northwestern tip of the country of nicaragua and the bay of fonseca is where it's on and you can see the ocean around it um, and that you're looking over at El Salvador and Honduras across the bay. So I think we have one or two pictures in the later on here that shows kind of the farm and, and the view. But realistically, the, the, the reason why the trees are you know, a good thing to have there is um, teak specifically needs a very um, specific season of dryness and then a, you know, and then a rainy season or a green season. And, and the Cosaguina area in Nicaragua there is, is exactly like that. It has about six months of very dry from late November to about May. And then the rest of the season is, is the green season where it rains a lot. And if it rain, you know, if you get too rainy, then, you know, you don't get 
very good wood. It's just too soft and teak is known for its high quality and hardwood. And then if it if it's too dry, the tree trees just don't grow. So uh, re realistically, that it, you need that mix. And there's an, there's an areas in in Latin America, obviously, that have it. You'll see teak growing in a number of areas. But the Cosaguino volcano area here is always also has you know very rich nitrogen volcanic soil. So that that really helps as well. So the trees are growing amazingly well right now, and and they love this season where it's kind of the rainy season from a little a couple months ago till till October ish. And they, they grow, you can almost watch them grow. They grow so fast right now. I just love the big leaves as they, as they grow yeah. up and they mature. Those leaves are just, you can use them as like hats. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're very large. <laughs> but so you mentioned a little bit about how far the farm has come since it was a peanut farm until now. And, and here on the screen, you can actually see these are actual pictures of the property there. Um, talk to us a little bit about what we're looking at, I mean, is the, the top pictures, that's that's how you took over the land or is that after you cleared the peanuts or or what are we looking well, at? Well, yeah, I mean, every year they did a, a, a peanut um, crop and and unfortunately the way peanuts are harvested, the peanuts are amazing, you know, plants as well. They create a flower on the surface, then it goes into a pod, the pod still on the stem drops to the ground, digs into the ground and the peanuts are actually in the ground. So they they, they have to, at the end of the harvest season, they have to rip the whole plant out of the ground. And so every year it would just be, you know, this surface peanut plant, and then it would be scorched earth like that, basically. And, and you know, obviously it doesn't look very nice. And in the, in the, you know, just under two years now that we've done the reforestation program with teak and avocado, you can already see that, you know, the, the, the trees are growing well, the, the floor of what's going to be the forest. I mean, in a few years, the canopy will will be, you know, much taller. And then, you know, you start getting the plants on the floor, the surface plants and the grasses and the, and the weeds, and they're all important. And, and then the animal life starts moving in too. And you get, you know, insects and pollination and everything going on. So, so it's really a total change for the, for the, for the soil there. And, you know, really taking, you know, advantage, better use of the nutrients that are in that soil. So yeah, today you can see uh, Hans standing beside some of the teak trees and, you know, literally they, you know, they, they grow, you know, what are they, 10 feet tall, some of them now. And that's literally double from what they were a few months ago. And how old would you say these trees are at this point? In the pictures with Hans standing beside them, they're roughly between 18 months and, and two years. Wow. And you can see in the bottom there, the bottom left picture, you know, he was holding the camera way over his head to try to get over the tops of the trees. I'm standing on the back of the truck, I think. And then you can see the, 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 Tiger Islands, actually, of El Salvador in the distance across the across the Fonseca Bay. So it's a it's a really beautiful spot too. Yeah, it actually is a, a really pretty location to have some some trees. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can see here, um, obviously, your beautiful wife and her sister up there in the in the top right, um, who will be in communication with you guys at some point if you choose to move forward with this residency through investment opportunity. Her name's Andrea. Um, so she may be the one that you're communicating with and, and getting everything squared away. Um, but wow, incredible. The the water and the coastline is is literally right there. Yeah, the, the beach is beautiful. And another thing too, that there's a bit of a, a cliff there, and which is important because, you know, most trees don't like salt spray. So the, the cliff keep, you know, this farm is right on the beach, but the cliff keeps the the general salt spray off of the plant. So that that's why they also grow well. So. 
Yeah, awesome. And and it's a this is a kind of a bonus here. It's not just for residency. It's actually going to pay you back in the long run, um, quite handsomely, actually. Um, but Patrick, we've talked a lot about avocado. And I just I realized that we know what teak is and we know what it's used for. Um, maybe there are some people on the line that aren't quite sure or haven't heard about teak. Can you give us just a quick a quick kind of description about teak and and why why this piece uh, this kind of wood is in high demand? Yeah, well, teak is amazing wood. It, I mean, it's used a lot in the marine industry and, and for high end furniture and that, mostly because of its beauty and its resilience. Uh, you know, it's kind of resilient to termites, it's resilient to, to fire and everything. In fact, until the plants are growing, uh, you know, after about four or five years, they, they basically are even resilient to, to fire when, when they're growing. So it's a, it's a pre pretty amazing tree. It's, all, it's also very expensive, which is why it's, uh, you know, creates a good return. Um, and then when you mix the avocado, the, the, the issue with the, if you just have teak, um, the issue is really that you're waiting an awful long time because, you know, it takes to up till about, you know, 18 years and then you do some thinnings. You're doing thinnings before that, but they don't really generate much revenue. But, you know, when they're about 25 years old, that's when you get kind of the big score from teak. But by mixing in the avocado, avocado is starting to fruit in four, four or five years, sometimes even earlier. And then, you know, that they give a good return, too. So it kind of levels out the return you see after on the chart there. and. We we have a brochure for the for the project and and um, you can see a lot more detail on the on the ROI and anticipated ROI. I mean th these returns are estimated based on our experience, based on Hans's experience, based on having worked in this field for a while. Um, and so what you know obviously we don't we don't guarantee what the payback would be, but you know that it's a, a reasonable to expect somewhere around these numbers. And and a lot of people you know invest in teak and avocado and different kinds of agroforestry you know, totally, you know, regardless of whether it provides a residency. So to me, it's got like, you know, two big bang for the bucks in, in this package. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love this one. This is one of my favorite parts of, of our presentation. And one of the really cool things that, that you and Andrea do to give back um, to the community. So tell us a little bit about help them help themselves and how the, agroforestry team kind of gives back to their local local community, their local neighborhood? Sure, yeah. Well, we started Help Them Help Themselves Foundation uh, over a decade ago, and uh, we've done a lot of things, built clinics and built homes and built schools and done a lot of uh, medical, uh, me medical missions, dental missions. Uh, my wife, Andrea, runs those, and, and she's a doctor, and we get doctors from all over the world that come in and, and help do all sorts of checks and on people and dental work and, and everything. So it's been great. We also help um, giant sea turtles. In fact, we created a giant sea turtle sanctuary uh, right beside the farm here. So, you know, that, that, if you saw in that earlier picture, there's kind of that long sand spit that goes out into the, into the bay. That's one of the most popular places for there's four or five varieties of giant sea turtles in Nicaragua that they come and they lay their eggs there. And so we we protect the, the eggs, we put them in the sanctuary, hatch the baby turtles and release them. So, you know, it's it's a great program. This, this um, picture here was actually just uh, not too many weeks ago or right beside the farm where these are a lot of the families of the of the workers there. And, and we just had kind of a little picnic and 
had some brought some different entertainment and music and band and stuff like that. They had a great time. So it was a lot of fun. I love it. So here we are. We are at the magical hour to reveal. So how do I do it? What is this going to cost me? So we have put together a package for you guys on the line with us. And it's going to be as easy as we can make it for you. Um, $39,000 gets you a half acre parcel uh, with the teak and avocado on it. Um, but it also, it will include your residency application costs. Um, and what that means is we are going to introduce you to our attorney in Nicaragua. She does speak English. So if you're on the line and you were worried about there being a language barrier and going through the process, um, have no fear. We've gotten that covered for you. Uh, so it's about, it's about $2,800. Um, value that we're including in this webinar special for you on the line. So, um, and I want to note something very important here also. If you look down on the on the bottom right, kind of a freehold titled ownership of a half acre parcel. Freehold title, that means you own the title to the land. Um, and Patrick, why is that so important to somebody that's looking at other investment opportunities um, just like this? Uh, why, why is this different? Well, other a lot of other opportunities out there are just for harvest rights, where you you don't own the land, you you get the produce from the land, but then when that when that harvest is done, you're done. And in, in this case, you own the land, just as if you know you want to build a house on it, build a house on it. You want to do anything with it, it's it's fully titled, transferred over to your name. Well, it'll be transferred into into a company that you own because that's part of the the process of getting an investor residency in Nicaragua. But it's it's a very you know very simple process, but there's steps that you have to go to. So we just wanted to make it really simple for everybody. Uh, this is the part that you know I really like because I went through you know the the school of hard knocks getting my my residencies because I didn't know anybody that knew how to do it, and I would try to do it on my own and and took a long time and made a lot of mistakes, but finally got there. But now it's just like we know the you know a really good residency lawyer. We're including the, the different pieces of the process you need to do. You got to set up a company. She does that. You become the owner of that company. That company buys the, the property or has the property um, transferred the title into, into that company. That gives you the right to apply for residency. And this is, it can all be done in one package through, uh, through our, our lawyer. Right. So if you decide to move forward with residency through this agroforestry investment before on or before August 15th, um, we will include those residency costs as, as part of your package price. That was a little per perk for Mikkel's. For the, <laughs> the, pe the people that follow what Mikkel does, we thought, well, let's let's give them <laughs> give them something nice and throw in throw in all that process as part of the part of the fee. And, I appreciate and you taking care of my people, Patrick. Good work, <laughs> Sarah. Good work. Anytime, my friend. Yep. So some additional peace of mind here. Obviously, if you choose um, not to not to care about the harvest rights, you're not worried about the um, harvesting of the avocado and the teak. Um, you don't have to worry about this either. However, we want to make sure that the trees are taken care of. They're growing straight. Um, again, Hans will, goes out and checks and, and does his thing on the trees and make sure they're growing properly and making sure all the irrigation is working as needed and things like that. Um, so the maintenance is $27 a month. Typically we will um, 
have that invoice to you three months at a time. And then insurance. This is what's really, uh, I think, important to talk about is the insurance, because a lot of times we get asked questions about you know, hurricanes, natural, uh, natural disasters, earthquakes, uh, what happens if cows come on the farm and eats the, <laughs> the avocado. Um, so this insurance at $38 a month says that if any of those events happen, natural disasters or, or unforeseen events like cows, um, that we will replant those trees for you. Um, so, and Patrick, I know that that's something that you actually encountered <laughs> before. I mean, obviously you can't keep, can't keep uh, cows off the property. So it is something that could happen, um, but we're giving you some insurance in place just in case it does. And well, again, like, like you mentioned also, um, up until a certain point in the tree's lives, they are resistant to certain things like fire and, and bugs and things like that. But there is that fragile state in the very beginning. So go ahead. Yeah, no, fortunately the trees are, are large enough now that the, the cows don't really bug them anymore. But you're right, we had one of those issues. But, and then, like I said, what about four or five years in, the teak is really very resilient to almost anything. I mean, they, they don't mind storms, right? Even, this area doesn't really get hurricanes, but even if it did, um, they, they, they're okay with wind. They love the rain, so they'll, they'll enjoy that. But, uh, you know, there's always a chance of fire. We, we keep the floor, the forest floor clean to, to avoid that as much as possible. But like I said, when teak trees are, let's call it five years and older, they're pretty resilient to fire too. The leaves might burn off, but they'll be alive and they'll just grow them back. Um, so if, you, if people wanted insurance right now and then decided, you know what, four years from now, I'm not going to continue the insurance there. That's an option too. I mean, the, pl the plants do get much hardier. And on maintenance, I, I just think for $27 a month, that's as you know, absolutely low as we could do it. We, we put in all the irrigation system. The, the lines are all there already. Um, th this farm was intended to be for my family, right? And so when we, it only just recently realized we need to come up with another solution that's better for residency. And so that's why we started um, subdividing the farm. But because we already had the well dug and all the, in, you know, the irrigation lines in, the staff that takes care of the farm and everything, we were able to to make it really inexpensive to do the maintenance. So it's it's definitely worth it. I mean, you're welcome to hire somebody else or do do your own maintenance on it or whatever you like, but the, the trees do need pretty regular pruning. The forest floor needs cleaning. The, obviously the they need watering during the a little bit of water during the dry seasons until they're until they're large enough where the roots are deep enough to not need the watering. But uh, it, it's I think it's very, very reasonable the prices we put on here. Perfect. So financing options, we do have financing available to you. Um, you can see here on the screen again, we'll be happy to talk about these various options and how that fits into your timeline and your personal situation. Um, just know that they there are available financing options. Um, and your next step. So if you are ready to move forward, it's very, it's pretty painless. You get to talk to myself um, or Andrea that you saw there a couple slides back. We will send you a form. It's basically two pages long that gives us pretty much just your information, um, how many parcels you would like to buy. And, and Patrick, I have a question for you here uh, about that here in just a second, but how many parcels you would like to buy and own. And then we will prepare your ownership package, um, the insurance agreement, maintenance agreement, if you so choose. And then of course the sales agreement 
and then we will introduce you to the attorney in Nicaragua to get you started on your residency process. So it, it can happen pretty much within a couple of weeks. And then, of course, the residency process. Um, Patrick, I know we've talked about this. Uh, what, what are you hearing from, from our attorney there in Nicaragua? Is she seeing about the same three month or so turnaround on residencies? Yeah, about three to six months. As I mentioned earlier, Nicaragua is a very popular country right now to get residencies in because of how they handled COVID. And yeah. you know, a lot of people are seeing that. So, um, you know, it, it is creating a bit of a slowdown, but um, she she's she knows the immigration people very well and gets, you know, kind of gets hers into the front of the line. So so it, it should be, you know, within the three to six months, there's a bit of paperwork gathering in terms of, um, you know, health records and and um, police checks and things like that, that you have to do as part of the residency program. So it's not all on the Nicaraguan side. There's some gathering of information that takes a little bit of time too. So, but it, it's pretty quick. I mean, by, by general standards, that's pretty quick. So. Awesome. And, just and, and if you get started now, you know, that's the best thing because we don't know, like you were talking about earlier, I, I fully expect Nicaragua is going to, to, you know, can increase their, their you know, investor residency. I mean, I know, and, Mikel, I think you mentioned the other day, you know, we were, we we're talking about how Panama used to be basically between five and $10,000. And now for the friendly nations visa, which means like countries that, it, that Panama recognizes as friendly, it's 200,000. And in October, it's going up to 300,000. And if you're not in a friendly nations um, countries, then it's $500,000 that you have to invest. So relative to $39,000, um, you know, the, the, the Nicaragua bar is actually 30. 35,000, they call it 30, but they want it over 35. It's just, we chose a, a piece of size of land that we could sell for under $40,000. And that, you know, that looks better also to immigration than if you're right on the, right on the bar. So it, another reason for how right. we and came like we, up with, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and, you know, just having multiple residencies and this one is, this one's super affordable compared to some of the other ones that are out there right now. So I do want to mention, um, if we have crypto people on the line, we do accept cryptocurrencies as a form of payment. Um, we have a, a finance director that has been very diligent in finding solutions for people that are um, maybe having or facing challenges when, when moving money out of their home country. So we've got a lot of experience with that, and we're happy to work with you and, and make sure that the process, like I said, is just as smooth as possible and, and pain-free as possible. But um, Mikkel, I'm going to hand it back over to you here, sir. And um, we're just, we're happy to have been on with you today. And down here at the bottom of the screen, you see an email address. That email address is just for Mikkel's people. So use it um, in the subject line. If you'll just put something about agroforestry or Tikan Avocado, um, you can email us, let us know that you're ready to take that next step and we'll continue that conversation with you um, via whatever platform you prefer the most, um, whether it's email or telegram or signal, um, whatever is best for you. Amazing. Thank you very much. What a great presentation. I hope everyone appreciated that and got a lot of value. I really think that Nicaragua is pretty much the best opportunity at the moment to get a Plan B residency. As Pat was mentioning earlier, Panama has gone from 5,000 to 200,000. 
Costa Rica is at 150,000. If you want to get straight to permanent residency in Mexico is 200,000. Colombia is 160,000. Brazil is 200,000. Uh, Greece is 250,000 euros. Portugal is 500,000 euros. Um, Ireland is 500,000 euros. So when you're talking about something at $39,000, it is an incredible deal. And I would highly doubt that it will stay this way for very long. What normally happens is countries look at the neighboring countries and see what they are doing, and they bring the prices up to match. Okay. And you might think, well, Everybody's going to be going into the one country and, you know, it's a, it's a competitive advantage for them. Actually, it doesn't matter when the new countries change their price and they go up, people still go after them. I have as many people coming down here to Panama at $200,000 as I did at $5,000. It's just a lot more of a commitment. That's how, that's what it comes down to. So we've got lots of questions. I hope you guys are ready. I thought though, before we get into the questions, I would find this one from Chris. He just writes, I'm in. I thought that was a good way to start it off. (laughs) Awesome, Chris. So there's an email address there, expat at ecovillages.life. Shoot the guys an email and Ali will be able to take care of you. Okay. Let's go through these one by one here. Okay. Samantha says, This is in no particular order, but I'm going to try to get to every single question I can. Samantha says, is the package limited to one applicant for residency? I assume this has to do with family getting their residency. Can you guys talk on that front, please? Sure. Do you want to take that one, Ellie? Well, sure. (laughs) So um, the $2,800 residency package is for two people. Um, There are um, some really minimal additional costs for other dependents like children um, that we can definitely talk with you about um, offline just for your scenarios specifically. But um, so it is for two people, uh, but dependents like children uh, will require another minimal um, additional cost. Amazing. Karen asks question about annual charges, which you pretty much covered and she acknowledged that, but she did have one other point, land taxes. Are there any land taxes that people need to be aware of for owning this farm? And if so, what would they entail? And I'll let you answer that, Patrick, but I'm going to say hi to Karen. Hi, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, there are are, um, taxes. There's actually two two costs that we didn't list in here. They're, They're minimal. Uh, but probably should have added them in. I actually forgot. Um, because you're buying this prop or this this property with a business, the business is required to basically file an empty tax return. And in Nicaragua, it, it, most people from first world countries think, okay, I, I file my taxes once a year, and it's kind of a reconciliation of whether I paid too much or too little, and I get a return, or I have to pay more. These countries in Latin America don't really do that. It's, it's a, a, a tax at source. So basically you pay what you pay and there is no annual return type of filing. So it's about, it's about for, for a accountant basically that you just attach to your, to your company, it's about $10 a month for those, for those filings. They're basically empty filings until obviously until the avocado and the trees start producing. And then, you know, you've come, got revenue coming in. And so then, then it's a real, real filing but it's still yeah, very that's simple that's a different thing though that's that's to be expected if you're making yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah inside the country you're going to be paying taxes on that but the land taxes for the filing should and, be and the, about ten dollars a month 
the now the the, the land taxes are it's actually 0.9% of the total. So paying $39,000, it would be around $360 a year in, in actual uh, property tax. Okay, perfect. Uh, Anthony asks, how many people per lot could get residency? So I guess this is kind of an add-on to the family question. Um, or it could be a question of can he have other people get residency off of the same plot? I'm not exactly sure. If it's your immediate family, it's whatever your immediate family size is. If you have nine kids, they're they're part of the immediate family. Um, if it's unrelated people, uh, it's probably to be on. It's probably two. I mean, the, the lawyers will say, well, we can try for three or four unrelated people buying one package together or one property together. But that's uh, it's it, it's not likely to, to, to fly. It's best if you, you know, you keep it to a family or, you know, brothers or sisters or something like that 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 want to get together. But I've seen it work with two unrelated people that bought um, a package together. Well, and the way that this normally works in residencies all over the world is you have a primary applicant. The primary applicant be the, can be the husband or the wife, or it doesn't really matter on that front. Um, and then you sponsor the rest of your family. So in my case, when I came down here to Panama, I was the primary applicant. I sponsored my wife. I sponsored my children. And they got residency through me. So it's one residency package, which covers the entire family, if that makes sense. And in this case, in, in Nicaragua, because you're creating a corporation, it's if you list two owners in that corporation, you'll likely the owners will get that that deal. Right. And then they can kind of sponsor their people. But you get beyond that too far. And then the you know immigration looks at that and says, oh, you're, you're trying to go a cheap route and that's not going to work. So. Yeah, I would I would. Suggest not trying to game the system because uh, yeah. it's already a very good deal. And what you end up doing is shooting yourself in the foot. You think you might save a couple of dollars and then a year later, two years later, they find out and they cancel one of the residencies. And now the price is at $200,000 and you can't get it back. So it's like, just go the, the normal route. Uh, okay. No name on this one, it just says anonymous, but is there a possibility to buy the land, the avocado and the deeks, and have it managed and not get residency? Is there a difference in the price for that? Thank you. I hadn't really thought, I mean, a lot of people do that. I mean, we're sort of throwing in the $2,800, but I guess I'm put on the spot here. So if you're not going for the residency, then we don't have that cost. So we would take $2,800 off the price. Okay. As you like, I would think that the $2,800 is a bonus that you're willing to cover. But if for this person, you're going to have, you're going to do that. That's very generous. I, uh, I think you're going to, I would recommend doing the residency anyway. Yeah. Someday you'll really appreciate the fact that you did. Yeah, even if you don't use it to me, like we talked about it, it's an insurance policy, right? So it, it's, it's nice to know if you ever need it, it's there. Karen would like to know, what is the minimum investment for residency? I know you mentioned it once, but maybe you can mention it again. And then she asks, what will be the all-in costs, including costs to incorporate the company? Literally everything. Just, just break down the prices for me again for Yeah, for so the, 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 the bar in Nicaragua right now is $30,000, but they, they generally, will, immigration will tell you, you better spend thirty five dollars or more. Because if you're too close to the bar, it looks like you're gaming the system, to be honest. 
And, and so that is the actual number, but um, the, the $39,000 pretty much includes all your, I mean, it includes creating the company. It includes uh, uh, the subdividing of the, of the parcel that you, that you're acquiring. It includes the legal fees for the application for residency. And really the only things are the future costs of, um, you know, like the, the, the maintenance and insurance, if you want it, uh, you don't have to take it. Uh, then your then your prop your annual property tax and your if you are going for the residency it'll be that monthly filing a few a few dollars monthly for that. Yeah, and I think let me clarify because um, you you own the land. Um, that's really where the cost is coming in initially is the cost of uh, the value of the land, um, and then the trees and and all of that are kind of the bonus on top of the land, right? And then the, the residency is like another bonus <laughs> on top of that. So um, I don't know if that helps, Karen, answer your question, but um, so the land the land itself, um, Patrick, is, is what you had divided up at the $35,000 mark or $39,000 mark, sorry. Correct, right. So the, yeah, it's, it's just, we, we figured out, you know, our costs of obviously planting all the trees and doing all the things we had to do to get them growing and, and fertilizing and all those things and the caretaking and, and figured we, we can make a very attractive uh, package here at $39,000. I wish somebody had, you know, what was the guy's, the gentleman's name, Chris, that said, I'm in. I, I, that was me in 2005. And I just wish I'd had somebody send me something like this and go, yeah, all I got to do is send you $39,000 and you take care of all of that for me. It's that's that would be really nice. I, I can I can go through the horror stories of my application 15, 17 years ago, whatever. And that this is this is really nice, <laughs> nice and easy. Absolutely. Uh, Mike would like to know: Can clients request more detailed annual projections for revenue, expenses, etc.? Yeah, our, our regular brochure, we didn't want to go into a whole lot of detail today because we knew we were going to get a lot of questions and spend time on that. But please request, uh, you know, use the email expat uh, at email there and request the brochure. The brochure has a, a page that kind of breaks down, you know, how many trees and, and everything. You're going to start with about 200 teak trees on your half acre. It's going to over five different thinnings, four or five different thinnings. It's going to come down to about 40 mature trees. In, in the end, you're going to have a couple dozen avocados and it, it has columns and it breaks down kind of all the line items over over the years in in the kind of an ROI, anticipated ROI sheet. Amazing. So I have Keith, Joshua and Anthony who are all requesting to go back to the financing slide. I did see that that went by really, really quick. <laughs> so you guys kind of have to have like photographic memory. So maybe leave that one up there for a, a moment, Allie. And uh, maybe you guys can just kind of talk a little bit more through this slide, because I think that this is uh, important and, and a very good opportunity for those that it makes sense for. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, we did gloss over it a little bit quickly to, to save some time, but it's really important. I mean, you know, $39,000 is still $39,000 and not everybody has that sitting around and really want to take advantage of this opportunity now. So, so basically what we were willing to do is saying, you know, we, let's make this even better for people. They can choose a financing option. And, uh, you know, the first one there is basically same as cash, no interest if you want to pay it off within six months. And the bottom one gives you up to two years to pay it off with a pretty small interest amount. Um, and at the, at the end of the day, you can start your residency process right away 
we're going to basically, you know, do all the documentation that says you bought the farm. The financing is on the side, you know, that nobody needs to know about that except you and us. And basically that, that saves you, you know, if, if that makes it easier for you, um, you can get, you know, can get started for as low as $5,000. So I think that's, that's a pretty incredible price. Yeah. I actually didn't even know that you guys were going to do a financing option. So that's amazing. Uh, I like to kind of pay for things all in one and be done with it. But, you know, for some people on the line who might not be liquid at the moment, I think that this is a very good option and the interest rates are very reasonable. That's very, very, very reasonable. Um, okay. Uh, we have a question here. Can I own the land in my personal name and not create a Nicaraguan company? You can, but that won't get you residency. Um, the, the Nicaraguan, it's called SA, Sociedad Anonima. That's my terrible Spanish. But the, it's basically the equivalent of, a, of an LLC in, 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 uh, in Latin America. So uh, if you want to go for residency, you're going to need to, to create the SA, the, the local LLC, limited liability company. If you don't, if you're not interested in the residency side of this, then no, you can, you, yeah, you can own it in your own personal name. Okay, great. Uh, Chris asks, for residency, what are the requirements to maintain residency, i.e. any requirements to visit or stay in Nicaragua? This is an important question. Yeah, it is. And, and it's one that we should have mentioned already. Um, thanks for asking that. So with Nicaragua's residency program right now, as of today, and like we've been talking about, they, they tend to change and they get more expensive and sometimes they change the rules. But they're with the $35,000 limit, they, they, they can, they may not, but they can ask you to kind of check in every six months in person in the country. So to, to keep your residency up to date, they really are creating these residencies so that people are spending money and spending time in the country. Um, however, if you invest over 75,000, 75, then they don't require that, you know, like I said, you might not have to, but you, you might. And so you never really know. So if you, if you want to be sure to kind of get over that $75,000 barrier, you could buy two parcels and people, we've sold several of, of that where people buy two parcels for 78,000, that gets them over the $75,000 bar. And then they don't have to worry about whether they're going to be asked to, to come in and check in once in a while in Nicaragua. Yeah. I think that that's an important point. You know, we're, we're talking about financing. We're talking about the minimum investments. But you guys can really think about this as a viable investment. Like, I would fully expect some people to come in and grab four, five, six parcels of these and grab the residency for themselves and have it as a good investment. You know, don't just think about this as the minimum to get in. You actually get a lot more options if you go on a little bit on the higher side and if you're getting multiple parcels. Um, so, yeah, I would. I would fully expect that out of some of the people here. Yeah, and, and just to, to that point, Mikel, that you know, it's just in the last month or so that we've created the residency option. I mean, people were investing in these parcels just for the just for the investment, right? And yep. you know, obviously, if you know, we're we're based out of Nicaragua and Panama. I'm a Canadian, so I don't have any SEC issues. If you're American, that's up to you to check into. Um, it's not they, they have no jurisdiction over over us and our company or what we do. But for people that have some concerns about, you know, what the SEC rules are on investment, we're, we're not making any promises. We're just selling you a piece of land with some trees on it. 
Yeah, well, I think that that is true. But at the very same time, your name is your business and my name is my business. And I would not allow you to present if I didn't trust you 100%. And you run a successful business of your own and you would not be selling anything that you didn't fully believe in. So I think it is worth mentioning that, you know, although we can't make uh, guarantees on this by any means, we would not be putting our own names at risk if we thought that there was anything that this was not going to do what we, we believe it will do, if that makes sense. Well, and, and you know, to that point as well, I, this is, I, I'm one of you, right? I, I bought this farm for my family and did, you know, put teak and, and avocado on it. And this was, you know, my way of getting residency in, in Nicaragua many years ago. So. Mm-hmm. Ron says he's in, I'm in, but he has to go. So he's asking for you guys to email him more information. Ali, maybe you'll be able to take a note of Ron and and send him an email. Congratulations, Ron. That's awesome. That's great. Welcome to the family. There we go. Uh, (laughs) Keith would like to know, how is revenue determined? Is it actually revenue from your half acre parcel or is it the entire project and then divided up based on the percentage of project ownership? Great question. It is a great question. And I actually struggled with this in the beginning because initially I thought, you know, it should be kind of a blended average of what everybody's um, parcels are are returning. However, you know, we have people that might want to build a house on theirs, which means they're going to take some trees out. We have other people that don't do the maintenance and they don't really care. They got their residency. They don't really care about the trees. Um, so it's a it's really going to be, you know, directly related to your um to your half acre or multiple half acre parcels. And, you know, again, that was also one of the reasons why we kind of created the, the insured insurance program, because, you know, if some freak accident happens to just your parcel, uh, you know, we want to make sure that you're, you're covered. Right. And it's not singled out that way. So it is, you know, over there, there, there shouldn't be much of a difference. I mean, all these parcels are right beside each other. The weather's the same for all of them. The soil's the same for all of them. The tree care is the same. So it, it, it shouldn't vary very much. I mean, you know, it, it could be a two, 2% difference or something from your neighbor's parcel because, you know, your trees grew a little bit thicker than, than theirs. I don't know, but that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, Joshua would like to know, he said, well, first of all, he says, great presentation. Thank you very much, Joshua. Uh, and they, he's asking if this is the same team that brought us Valencia Village. I think that he's talking about uh, the Panama presentation that we did through Eco Villages. Yes, Veritas Village. Um, it, we're going to do an update probably on that in about a month or a few weeks at least. Um, that's very much moving on. And yes, it's the same team. We have a company called Eco Villages that designs and develops um, freedom-oriented, sustainability-oriented communities around the region here in Latin America and in a number of countries. Um, and we also, you know, feel that the agroforestry is very kind of related in terms of sustainability and freedom-oriented as well and, you know, getting residencies and things like that. We're just really about find, finding ways for expats to have great lifestyles. And this is one of them. Yeah. And, you know, and to kind of add on to that is not everybody wants to have a house um, as part of their residency process. So this was another way to to kind of diversify your holdings. It's not all just real estate. It's it's now agroforestry too. Well, I think that I, w- I would fully expect, and I, and I actually know a couple of my clients who will be doing exactly this, 
they will be getting a property that they would live in and rent up here in the highlands in Panama. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, they would either live in it or rent it out. And that's kind of a plan A option. And Nicaragua is a true blue plan B option. I mean, this is an additional residency on top of Panama. For a lot of people, I don't think it will be which one is better, uh, this or that. I think that if funds allow, then it's both, you know, so this is not a, this is not, this is better than Panama. It's a very different type of thing, completely different product, different country, different climate, different, different everything, really. Exactly. And, and you hit the nail on the head there, Mikhail. I think the plan, plan A, plan B, plan C, you can never have too many plans. Um, you know, going back to our mental health insurance is what we call it. And, you know, I, I can sleep at night because I have multiple residencies. If something unusual happens in one of the countries, I, mean, I my wife and I spend most of our time now in, in Panama and sometime in Nicaragua and sometime in the, in the other countries. But, you know, if something goes kind of haywire in one of the countries and we have the other ones to fall back on. So exactly. it, it, I think it's the best plan. And, and like like we've been saying, it's better to do it while it's, a, you know, as affordable as it's likely ever going to be. Perfect. Kim says, I was informed through an agency that I have teak through that Nicaragua does not allow dual residency. Was the information incorrect or has it recently changed? I would say the information is incorrect. Yeah, I'm a living example of that. Yeah, there's that. that <laughs> is, uh, yeah, residency, yeah, citizenship is different, obviously. Yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking. Probably means yeah. citizenship. The residency, it's fine. You can have multiple residencies. Yeah. No problem there. Okay, going through, it's still lots of questions here. Keep them coming, guys. I love all the questions. Keep putting them in the chat. I'm going to try to get to as many as I can. Um, let's see. Jerry would like to know, can I pay the annual maintenance and insurance? Uh, can I pay the um, maintenance and insurance annually? Yes, we have some people that are doing that already. It's okay. just simpler. You know, unfortunately, these days, bank fees, wiring fees sometimes can be pretty pricey. So it's better to do it in a bit more of a bulk shot. So. Paolo would like to know, do you guys have a Nicaraguan national as a corporation partner? Or are you um, owning everything in your own? Any uh, dodgy partners we need to be aware of? In no, this? it's, it's no. just just us, just me yeah. and, and, and my son. It's funny. And, well, and, I used to live in the UAE and the... The way it was structured in the UAE is the locals had to own 51% of the corporation and oh, wow. then they would have no say over the corporation. So there'd be a secret private document in the back end. And then you would have to pay them like 10 or $20,000 a month, or sorry, a year, just as a flat fee. And so some of the Emiratis would go around and they would open like a hundred business or 500 business with different expats and collect this 10 or $20,000 fee from all of them and just sign off on everything. And that's all they did. It's nice. good, super dodgy, good, but we don't good living if you can do it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and in, in this region, I guess Mexico is one of the kind of the few that has, um, you know, a requirement for a trust. If depending if you're within the hundred miles of the border or fifty miles of the of the beach, the ocean, then then you have to have a local be part of the company. Um, but uh, you know, in Nicaragua, once you're a resident, you know that you can have the company totally in your own name. Awesome. I have another anonymous one. This one's kind of off track, but I'm going to 
ask it anyways, because we kind of opened the door. Uh, if I buy a $200,000 home in Veritas Village, is that going to qualify me for Panamanian residency if I bought it as a business and rented it out as part of the year? Otherwise, what do people do? I have to leave the country every X number of months. Uh, I'll take this one. Um, it will qualify you for residency. It's fine. You don't have to worry about the rental. I mean, we might might need to deal with taxes issues and things like that, um, but we would deal with all of that with the lawyer. But basically, if you're making under a certain amount of money, then you wouldn't have any tax issues in Panama. Um, your home country, obviously, I, don't, I have no idea where you are from, so I couldn't comment on that regard, but it will be able to get you your residency as long as you are from one of the 50 friendly nations, You know, United States, Canada, Great Britain, Germany, France, Spain, uh, these types of countries, then that'll be fine. And as soon as you have the title deed for the property, you'll be able to pay for your residency. Did I miss anything on that one, Pat? Or No, no, you're bang on. That's one of the differences between Panama and Nicaragua. Panama is more expensive, but basically accept any kind of investment into the country. Exactly. Nicaragua is less expensive, but they have kind of specifics about why it's less expensive. Correct. Harley would like to know, can I buy, can you buy more than one lot? Yes. And, and as we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, we have a, a number of people that have, have picked up parcels. And, in, you know, so you, if you want an acre, you know, that's two parcels. You want two acres or four parcels. We, we, we make them all contiguous. So your your land is all, all together. And, uh, you know, that way, you know, perhaps in the future you want, I mean, it's a beautiful location. If you did want to have a even a little vacation home or something there, <coughs> excuse me, you could do that. It doesn't take that much space to to remove a couple of trees and and put the put your home there. So, yeah, it, you can do whatever you'd like if you want to. If you want more more parcels, or you're welcome to to acquire more parcels. Perfect. Um, okay, same sex partners. Can we get residency together? Can they both be the owner of the business? Yes. In fact, we had that question a few weeks ago, and I was told by the lawyer that yes. Amazing. That is not the case in many Latin American countries, unfortunately. So I, I know of some that it is possible, and I know of lots of countries where they will not accept. So that is very interesting. Uh, okay, Johnny would like to know, is the property off-grid? How many lots will be sold? Thanks. So two-part two question, I suppose. Yeah, right now it's completely off-grid. The, the closest electricity is... Not far, about um, a kilometer away, I guess. There's a little town called El Rosario, right at the peak of the country there. And they just, basically, they just got electricity in the, in the last couple of years. And then there's uh, Potosi, which is about 12 kilometers, so about eight miles away. Um, that has a ferry to El Salvador, in fact, if you want to go across the bay and uh, a couple of hotels. But that's kind of a more, a, you know, larger town, not so much a village. But at this point, it's completely off-grid. Um, I'm looking at uh, potentially building a, a home there. We we build a lot of you know completely off grid homes. So within eco villages, so I'm kind of thinking of creating one there myself. The beach is cool. spectacular, and uh, you know it's it's really a beautiful area. And I talked so much, I forgot what the other part of the question was. And I dismissed the question, so I'm not sure what it was either. <laughs> it Do was you uh, how, how how many how yeah. many lots are you going to be selling? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we have a pretty big farm. Uh, like I said, it, intent in, the initial intent was this was 
for my family, but I have a fair amount of property there. Honestly, off the top of my head, I'm not sure exactly how many we're going to go. Let's see how many people in, in this in this webinar decide to go, and hopefully we don't run out, and everybody that wants one will get one. But yeah, uh, I would there, say there, that this is not an opportunity that is going to be around forever. So this is not like, you know, oh, you come back in a year from now and it's still going to be there. I can pretty much guarantee it will not. So this is an yeah. opportunity to get this and to do it now and make a decision and move forward on it. And, you know, I'm sure the guys will be happy to answer any questions you would have. Shelby would like to know, I assume these prices are in US dollars. Yes, in US dollars. Um, Michael says we're in. Congratulations, Michael. That's amazing. I'm super happy for you. That's great, Michael. Welcome to the family. <laughs> Sounds um, like a mafia or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have to say it in a, like a lot deeper voice or something. It's the avocado Welcome mafia. to the family. <laughs> uh, if I finance, is there a prepayment payment? I'm not sure what that means. Like a penalty for, for paying? Oh, uh, yeah, there's no. no penalties if you want to pay off early, if that's what the ah, question is. cool. Okay. Okay, yeah, so that's you, a great question. So if they do the financing option and then halfway through, they decide they just want to do a balloon payment and clear the rest of it, is there a penalty? No, we'll, we'll just wash the rest of the interest that would have been due. Amazing. Um, Mike would like to know, can the investor select the lot on the farm? Can they choose their own spot? Unfortunately not, because I, I don't want um, orphaned parcels amongst our farm. So we're just, as people sign up, we just go to the next one. But they're, they're all very close to the, close to the ocean. They're all very you know, beautiful locations. So it, it's not really gaining one thing over another, to be honest. Okay. And uh, is, speaking to that, I did see a question. Sorry about about the blueprint or the map of the property. We do have that um, cool. that we can definitely share um, with people that are interested. Cool. I will. I will dismiss that question when it comes in. Then, Ali, <laughs> jumping the queue like, on that. I felt, like it, I felt like it fit there. You know, so <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best here. I'm doing my best. Okay, is Nicaragua territorial tax country? Yes, it is. Yes, uh, and for any Canadians on there that want to get residency, like me, I'm Canadian, and drop your Canadian residency, like you really me. like like you and I, Mikhail. Um, you know, you 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 lose your 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 tax burden basically. I, I no longer have to pay taxes in Canada because I'm a not a Canadian resident anymore. I'm a Canadian citizen. I uh, have my Canadian passport, but uh, a resident of of the other countries down here. Okay, uh, Tom would like to know if I start with five thousand down and then pay it off early. Do I still have to pay all the interest, or can I just pay off the balance left? So it's kind of a expanding on the question that we had a moment ago. Yeah, so just, just pay off the balance. What the, We're not trying to penalize anybody with interest. We're charging interest because there's some, you know, there's some time value of money and some administration on, on doing financing. So the, as soon as you pay it off, that'll be just based on whatever balance is left and you know, no more interest. Uh, Joshua says, great. I can't wait for that update. I think this is the Veritas Village. And waiting to buy into both. Thanks for bringing this to us, Mikkel. You're welcome. I'm glad that you guys like this. I'm glad that you get a lot of value out of this, Josh. And I'm really happy for you. This is amazing opportunity. And Veritas Village is going to be 
super exciting. Pat and I went up there a couple months ago to view the property and it's gorgeous. And we've already selected uh, the slot that I'm going to be having a home there uh, with Spence's help. And he was sending us videos um, after like another trip there. It's going to be fantastic. Um, okay. Anonymous would like to know how are the lots divided? Do you have more detail on the property blueprint? Ah, this is the one that you were. <laughs> okay. So she's going to send you <laughs> send an email and Ali. See, I don't pre-read the questions. I kind of just wing it and I just ask them as I get them. So, and I can't uh, even read them. I'm too far away from the screen. So I'm kind of <laughs> I told you, we're getting you new glasses, buddy, new glasses. It's coming. Um, okay. It's not about oh. pre-reading, Mikel. It's as they like go through my scroll. It just happened to scroll by, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. <laughs> okay. Gaushan would like to know, what are the yearly taxes on a half acre parcel? I believe I heard nearly $3,900 per year. Not, no, not correct. Not correct. 300 and well, it's, it's point. It's almost, it's less than 1%. So 1% would be $390 a year. So I'm going to say it's about three, whatever the math is, 360, 365. So call it $30 a month. Yep. Um, Krista would like to know how large is the parcel of land? I, I guess the overall parcel, uh, how big is the farm? Oh, you know, I should know that off the top of my head. Um, we have about a little over a hundred acres, I guess. So if we wanted to divide it all, we'd have couple hundred parcels, but I, I want to keep some. So <laughs> well, we'll see, like I said, we'll see how, how many people are interested in this. And I, we want to help everybody that we can. I mean, this is a big part of what we do. And, you know, exactly. a big part of our philosophy is helping people find their, their ability to sleep at night and their peace of mind, like, like I have. And so we'll, we'll try to make it work for as many people as we can. Uh, Gaoshan would also like to know who is going to invoice you for this fee. So I guess from the taxes for the, the property taxes, how is that done? Uh, the, the, basically your accountant that you would have attached or the lawyer would, would probably help you with that. We can, we, the, the invoice for the actual purchase of the property will come from, from our company. And then annually, the, the local municipality is the one that, that you pay for the taxes, but We'll, we'll likely bundle that all together for everybody and, and go in kind of at once and pay the taxes. Okay. Um, what happens to residency if one does not go to the country every six months? So if they were only going to get one parcel opposed to two and they did not go every six months, any insights? Well, technically it's, you know, it, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I was guilty of that during, during the COVID time. I this couldn't... is being recorded, Patrick. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it's kind of a, a it, you know, one-off situation, somebody they might not bug, somebody that would just like, you know, I was, what, I don't know, you combed your hair wrong that day and they decided they're going to pick on you. I don't know. But theoretically, uh, I know a lot of people that have kind of missed their date, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, me as well. Uh, Julie would like to know how stable is the political climate and how how committed are they to freedom in light of past actions of the government? Is there any concerns about nationalizing the properties? Well, that, I mean, I, I could go into a long political story about Nicaragua and, you know, the, the concept of nationalizing properties, but there's no fear of that. I've had the farm for 17 years, I guess it is now. 
and had other properties. And, you know, I know, know a lot of people that have had properties there for 30 years or longer. And um, the government knows that, you know, I think it was just last year, the year or just before COVID, 2018, 19, something around there, um, tourism out, you know, past everything in terms of agriculture and everything else in the country for revenue for GDP, basically. And so they they know their, you know, they know where their dollars for the country are coming from. They would never do anything like, you know, try to take land away from anybody. That the stories that people have heard about that in Nicaragua are a bit, you know. You need to sort of have the background story and anybody that wants to send me an email, I won't bore you to tears on, on tonight, but happy to kind of tell you exactly, you know, what a lot of the countries in this region got kind of painted with by mainstream media in North America and what actually happens. I think the main thing to keep in mind is we are not investing in infrastructure. This is not, you're not buying a hospital. You're not buying an airport. You're not buying uh, highways or something like that. These are small plots of land, uh, small farmland off to the side. I just don't think that there will be any problems. Even in Venezuela, where there has been massive problems, it was always infrastructure type of things. It was not small little things like this going going um being confiscated. So I would not yeah, be concerned and, about that. And when it comes to proofs in the pudding, I mean, we've seen countries go crazy in the last three years, two and a half years, and Nicaragua is one of the more sane ones out there. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, Any other comments on what the government is like? Corey would like to know. Actually, there's a couple of questions on the on the government, on Danny and and the group. Well, I mean, look, no, I don't, I don't like to get involved in politics in any of these countries. I'm a resident. I'm not a citizen. I don't vote in these countries. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a, ultimately, Michelle, you and I have had this talk and Ellie, we've all talked about this. We're visitors, right? We're visitors in these countries. We're residents, but we're still, we weren't born here. So I'm not going to comment on politics other than to say I've had nothing but good experiences with the government of Nicaragua. We do a lot of, our Help Them Help Themselves Foundation does a lot of uh, you know, work bringing things, in, medical supplies. We actually we brought in playgrounds for. Um, there's a group out of Canada that, you know, can, Canadians are always changing the the laws on what's safe in school grounds. So they have schools have to get rid of a lot of playgrounds. They're perfectly good. In Nicaragua, they're happy to accept them. But we brought them down, and the people that sent down the uh, one of the, uh, these containers full of playground equipment um, put on there that it was worth. $850,000. And of course, then, you know, the, the customs guys eyes lit up like what, what is in these <laughs> containers, right? So I had to get in touch with the government, uh, you know, then the presidential family and ask them if they could help. And they turned it around very quick and everything left customs and showed up at the site where we were there because we were only there for 10 days to all these Canadians that came down were waiting for this stuff to come out of customs. So my experience has always been very positive. You know, when there was a hurricane on the on the on the eastern side of the country, um, you know, the, the government really stepped in and, and helped a lot of people. Um, so, I, you know, I've, I've never seen anything negative. The, 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 you know, it's a super friendly, you know, culture, friendly people and and just great, great place. So I've never seen anything that makes me think anything negative. I'm not saying that. You know, I, I can't promise what the future holds, but for me, it's been a great experience in Nicaragua. Yeah. 
I agree completely. I finally came up with a great idea. Instead of having my questions off to the side on my second screen, I'm going to move them right here in the center so you don't just see me staring off into the distance <laughs> and the rest of this. I should have thought of this a couple of webinars ago. Uh, okay, Anonymous, again, I wish I knew who you were. Uh, it doesn't have any name here. It just says Anonymous Attendee asks, can I buy 10 parcels? Uh, yeah, you better get in soon. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to help. No problem there. Yeah. Uh, I think Mike that one says, might have been. For the uh, record, uh, I am in at this timestamp. What does that mean, Mike? I don't. What do you mean at this timestamp? Are we Are we going to be doing like Veritas Village, where <laughs> people were? I think we had like ten people were like, "I'm number one. I'm number." Oh, actually, it was me who was number one, so I probably started it. But it was like number one, number two, number three, and I think we um, we sold. 10 or 12 of them on the presentation. And I actually had clients who were emailing me and saying like, I was supposed to be number three, but by the time I actually made my payment and got the money down there, I got bumped to number nine and like wanted me to pull strings. I'm like, don't worry, don't worry. You're going to get a good place. Don't worry. like, we'll take care of you. It's going to be okay. Well, anybody that says they're in on this webinar, then we'll, we'll make sure you're in. Absolutely. Uh, okay, Kurt would like to know, Kurt, how's it going? Good to see you. I, I saw your email the other day. It's really good to hear from you. Um, are these lots generational? So maybe you can talk about uh, how it is held with the title deed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that you know, generational stewarding wealth and everything is a common investment strategy that people use, with, especially with Teak, because it has a, a long cycle. A lot of people like what we've seen in the past, a lot of people that are like grandparents will buy new grandchildren uh, one of these parcels because the return will pay for their education in, in 20 years or whatever. So that, that's used a lot. Um, and, and then they'll pass it down to their children and their grandchildren and, and so on and so on. And, and yeah, that's because, I mean, ultimately you'll harvest these trees, but then, you know, you're perfectly welcome to plant them again. I mean, avocado trees can live to be hundreds of years old, so uh, that can go for a long time. Nice. So yes, Mike, Mike was calling dibs on a parcel. So I, I guess right. that's a, Mike is in. We got you well. covered, Mike. Don't worry. We'll take good care of you, brother. Okay. I saw a really good question. I wanted to go back up. Um, this is a great one. Okay. Can I make the investment through my IRA? Um, you know, that's a good question. Yes, certainly. If it's not for residency, I have to, we'll have to check with a lawyer if it is for residency because your application for residency means that you have to be the owner of the business. And if it's through an IRA ownership, we'll have to, we'll have to check on that one. That is a good question. I should know the answer for that, but I'd rather check with a lawyer. So if you could shoot us an email with that question, I would really appreciate it. We'll make sure tomorrow that we'll get um, the lawyer right on that and, and see if, if, if we can make the link between you owning the company and the, and the IRA, then, then yes. But we'll have to make sure that's cap we can that's possible. Okay. Uh, Brian says, what type of irrigation? Uh, we have a water well there. We're we temporarily right now we have a, a little generator there, but we're we're putting in a, a solar powered system, um, and we use the, the the water is really high quality from the well, and we just literally spread it all around to all the all the acreages. Awesome. Uh, Karen would like to know. Are there no tax implications in home country, Canada, or the U.S. until revenue comes in? So uh, I'm not giving you individual tax advice, and that's certainly outside of uh, 
this presentation, but you pay taxes on income. If there's no income, then what would you be paying taxes on? Um, well, if I, if I recall the last time I checked, I, I haven't done a Canadian tax return for a long time, but I used to have to check a little box that said, I own $100,000 worth of offshore something or other asset. Mm. And it was just a checkbox in the, in the Canadian tax return. They never did anything about it. But if you theoretically, if you bought three parcels, that would be over $100,000 worth of an asset, and you'd have to check that box as a Canadian. Yeah, I couldn't comment on on the filing requirements. I mean, that's really outside the the scopes of this um, yeah. webinar. You know, if you're owning assets outside of your country, how you're owning it in different types of structures, that you know, we could take a call with the accountant. Um, you know, uh, if you were if you were a private client of mine, we would get into that. But as an American, as a Canadian, you can own investments in other countries. And, you know, with an American, if you're owning a property outside of your country of birth and it's done in your own name, then you don't even have to declare it. This will be done if through residency, it's going to be done through a corporation. So there'd be filing requirements from that. But if it's not generating any income, then there'd be nothing to pay taxes on until, it, until there is revenue, basically. Correct. But once again, that is not individual tax advice whatsoever. Yeah, yeah I'm going to clarify mine too. My my comment on Canadian checkboxes was not individual tax advice either. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and probably 17 years old or something. Exactly, like that. it's pretty dated. <laughs> pretty dated advice, even if it was. <laughs> yeah, these are all kind of things that we need to go through one by one, and we need to know people's situation. Exactly. And uh, you know, we try to help as much as we can right now, but. The same time there's certain things we can say and certain things we can't say um brian also says you mentioned fertilizer is it fertilizer or is it organic what does that look like it's organic and it comes from the horses and cows nearby <laughs> awesome special fertilizer traditional. Um, traditional anthony says residency gets you a passport no residency does not get you a passport residency gets you a residency which is the legal right to live and work in the country a passport comes with your citizenship which is a completely different thing and certainly you're not getting a passport for thirty nine thousand dollars anywhere in the world um yeah after after five years of currently if they, if they keep the same system after five years of residency in nicaragua you can apply for a passport um Currently, they, they don't have any additional costs for that. You can just go straight from residency to passport, but depends on which country you're coming from, too. Some countries don't allow multiple citizenships. So. Exactly. Karen says, tell Ali I'm in. Smiley face. <laughs> Smiley face. Why, why <laughs> what did the rest of us do? Why Ali? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's, what are we, chopped it's liver? It's just a thing. It's just a thing. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Jeffrey says, thank you for offering. He's going to be in touch and he hopes to visit soon. Okay. Um, Jerry would like to know, how does the parcel cash flow? Uh, is there monthly cash flow projections? So I guess, well, that's it, the question. I'll let you answer that one. Yeah, I mean, it, the, it's probably best to look at the brochure first, uh, which has a little bit more detail on the ROI. Um, it it won't it won't cash flow monthly, but when the avocado is matured, it'll be kind of on a six month basis as they're harvested, and then on the on the thinnings and then the final harvest for for teak are, are kind of the big 
the big revenue chunks, but but there is kind of semi-annual sort of, uh, but it's probably best to kind of look through the ROI sheet that's in the brochure, and then we're happy to answer any more detailed questions about it. Well, Ali, what you might want to do is send out the brochure to everybody who registered as well, because that's probably some really valuable information in there. Yeah, so what we'll do is, um, and I was going to mention this at the end, but I'll mention it now, is that when we send out the recording of this presentation, because it is being recorded, we'll send it to everybody that registered, and we'll just include the brochure in that email. Um, but just make sure, you know, if you don't hear from us, you know, within a couple of days and you're expecting to hear from us, take a look in your spam and make sure we didn't accidentally end up there. Um, you can always reach out again to this email expat at uh, ecovillages.life and say, hey, where, where's my recording and where's <laughs> where's my uh, brochure? And, and we'll be happy to, to find another way to get it to you. Amazing. Uh, Crystal says, I might have missed it, but did you say that if you buy two parcels, uh, basically investing more than $75,000, then you were required to visit the country only once per year and not every six months? Well, according to the lawyer, and like I said, the, you know, we're taking the, our, our legal advice from the lawyer that if you invest over $75,000, they don't tend to make you visit at all. But, you know, they, you might be unusual case and they, they might ask, but that, that that's kind of where it seems to be going right now. I would still recommend coming to the country every once in a while, even, you know, yeah, in, in getting your residency as well. So yeah. And in getting your residency home. is uh, it, the, for the first time you, they're going to want to interview you for like half an hour. And, and that usually is in person. So you may, you may have to make at least one visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Can you talk about the local, the locals? Uh, what do you know about water reliability, roads, climate, uh, altercations, nearby groceries, mail delivery, marina for a boat? Ooh, marina for a boat. You should know a lot about that, Pat. Uh, <laughs> crime, cartels, law enforcement, rule of law. So can you maybe give us like a five minute talk about life in Nicaragua, what it's like? Well, life in Nicaragua, first of all, it is ranked as one of the safest countries, you know, Panama, Costa Rica, Nicaragua are all very safe countries. Um, one of the things that, that Nicaragua did really well and smartly back in the 80s is they kind of, what's the what's the say, saying, it takes a village to raise a child or whatever. They really, they, they kind of created the, uh, you know, the, the uh, what's it called, neighborhood watch type of thing where the, the, the village is pretty much kept crime from happening. So Nicaragua never had any uh, gangs, really, basically. So, you know, what, what Honduras, unfortunately, and El Salvador struggled with for a while, and they're getting better, but, they, you know, they had a, more of a gang problem where Nicaragua didn't. So that's one of the main reasons why Nicaragua is always ranked really high in, in safety. And it's just like very friendly people. It's one of the poorest countries, actually the second poorest country next to Haiti in all the Americas. But... It, you know, but but there's there's apple food, right? I mean, there, well, we got an avocado farm, and you've got bananas growing everywhere, and mangoes and papayas, and then your most of the country lives near the ocean, so they can go fishing or lakes. There's lots of lots of lakes in the country, so there, it's not, you know, even though it's a very poor country, it's a very happy country. It always ranks in one of the top, you know, ten kind of in the world of, of happiest countries in the world, and that's partly because they're they're not connecting their dollars to their food source. So that, that really makes a big difference in, in safety in that 
the area around the Cosaguina farm is very remote. Sometimes, um, you know, during this time of year, the roads <clears throat> can get washed out um, and, you know, it takes them a week to come in and fix it again. And, you know, the rains rain hard during this time of year. So access, there is actually a bus that goes all the way from Managua, the capital city, up to El Rosario, which is literally right on the edge of the farm. But, you know, there's sometimes where the bus can't go because the, the road isn't that great. And then the government comes in at the end of the rainy season, fixes the road all up again, and everybody's back to normal. But uh, it's a remote area. There's uh, the little town of Potosí I mentioned earlier, actually has a ferry to El Salvador. So, and, and because of that, it has customs and immigration and a couple of hotels. And I don't know what the population is, probably a thousand people, but it's got a couple of hotels. And so you can, you know, you can stay up there. It's they even have like hot springs pools in that town and stuff like that where you can go swimming. And it, like I said, it's it's really, really cool. Like the Cosaguina Lagoon and then the hot springs that come out of the side of the mountain is, is really amazing. But, uh, you know, again, because it's a remote area of just kind of local families, crime is, you know, virtually non-existent because it's just a, a farming community. And so I, I don't know. There was a long list of things that they asked in there, and I, I'm not sure if I answered we did pretty good. Marina. <laughs> oh, the marina. Oh, yeah, the marina. <laughs> well, I, I love sailing. Uh, pe people that know me, uh, my son and I lived on a boat for a long time, and and we love sailing. And uh, one of the one of the things that intrigued me to this property is if you look at it again on that. I don't know, Ellie, if we can flop back to that one picture of Cosaguina, um, and you can see you can see the uh, the way that sand spit that comes out. Um, yeah, right at the top left, that that kind of finger that comes out. And then on the inside of that is, is you know, great for anchorage. Um, it, it breaks the waves, but um, there, there's, no, there's not really a lot of marinas. Not a lot, there's only one major or two major marinas in the whole country. So, but, you know, if, you're, if you want it to be a little bit more remote, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful place to anchor, anchor your boat there. There's a lot of fishermen there. I mean, the, they use the pangas, the kind of the 20-foot ferro-cement boats, and they go out fishing on the, on the bay all the time. But that's uh, you know, that they're 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 not marina type people. They they pull their boat back up onto the beach and tie it to a tree at night. Very cool, very cool. Okay, so we have Julie who says we are in. Harley says I'm in. Email has been sent, uh, and Gary awesome. says I'm in. Please send me all the info and next steps to proceed. Thank you. you got it. Great. Welcome to the family, guys. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm super happy for you. Julie, I think you're supposed to say, Harley, like, well, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't even know what accent it's supposed to be in. <laughs> I don't think that was an Italian accent. So. No, I, I, that was certainly not attempted to be an Italian accent. Um, okay, I have several questions here. Uh, I'm not going to read them because they're relatively the same, but the general idea is replanting. How is that handled when it comes time to replanting? Well, like the, the main harvest for the teak trees will be, uh, they're about two years old, so it'll be roughly 22, 23 years from now. Um, and it's, you know, you could hire, you know, our company to, to replant them. You could replant them yourself. You could plant something different on there if you don't want to do teak again, or you can, you can leave the teak. You don't have to harvest the teak. You could leave them every year they gain in value. It's just at about 25 years. Um, is kind of the sweet spot where they're they're not going to gain as fast in value as they once were. But if you have a 50-year-old teak tree, that's uh, more valuable than a 25-year-old teak tree. It's 
it's larger. You can make larger uh, things out of it, um, you know, in, in one solid cut. So you, you, it's really, it, it's your land. It's titled to your, your name, your company. You can do whatever you want. You can leave the trees to grow for the rest of their lives. Or you can, you could change it all to something else if you wanted to. Okay. Um, I'm going through this and I'm, I'm, if I don't ask your specific questions, that's because I feel like it's probably been answered because uh, these are kind of coming in at different times and I'm only seeing the ones that are right in front of me. But if I don't ask your question, make sure that you send an email if you didn't get a specific answer, but I'm doing my best here. Um, and there, I'm getting quite a few questions about Veritas Village. So, you know, what? I'm not going to ask any of the questions about Veritas Village because I want to try to keep this about the residency option. The Veritas Village is super exciting, though. And if you guys do send an email to Ali, she'll be able to uh, talk to you about those things. Okay. Well, lots of questions. lots of Veritas things going on in the background, and we're excited to talk about it, but probably the best to wait a couple of weeks here. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Pat, we need to have a rum together. I need the yeah, I update of what's going on. Um, okay. This is a really long one. I'm going to paraphrase here, but basically what assurances are there that, uh, that the property will continue to be maintained and run and, um, you know, the upkeep on the property and everything like this. Well, it, we, it's our company that's doing it. Like I said, it's, you know, it, it's my family's, um, farm that we're, we're subdividing. We're, we're, fully intending to keep it going. My son is, well, half my age and he's going to keep it going. So the, the company is going to, going to be around when the harvest happens. And, and uh, you know, if, if, again, if we want to replant again and, and do the same thing over, uh, it's certainly, certainly doable. Uh, the assurance, I guess, is that, you know, we're, we're good people. We've been around. I've been in the country for a long time. We have a great reputation with our eco villages and our, agroforestry and and uh, we're we're really just in the business of helping people find uh you know their their lifestyles in in this region mm -hmm. crystal says can you spell the name of the nearby nearby town she would like to research it is it the so, one that's on the screen right now well you, you you'd sort of see it it's right at the base of that that finger that goes up um, it's that that it's a small village. That village is called El Rosario, uh, E L space R O S A R I O, and then the, about like about eight miles away, twelve kilometers away to the right, kind of where the picture ends on the right, um, would be uh, Potosi, P O T O S I. Um, if you go right, if you've gone Google Earth or Google Maps or whatever, and you go to the top of the country, uh, top left side of the country, this is the end of the country. So you'll you know, it's pretty hard to miss that volcano and the lagoon. So you can kind of zoom in on that area. Cool. Uh, Mike would like to know what is the mix between avocado and teak tree, teak trees, as in on an example lot, how many avocado trees and how many teak trees? Uh, the, you'll start with about 200 teak trees because they plant them quite close together and then they, they thin them out. The, 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 the lesser trees are thinned out over time and then you'll end up at the end with the best roughly 40 trees per per parcel and um and the avocado starts at about two dozen a little bit more to 24 to 30 trees um and they're they're not thinned out right they're purposely planted there and and they'll they'll be the same amount of, you know in years from now cool 
Uh, Laurel would like to know how soon would one expect revenue after investment? Well, the, the plants are, or the trees are 18 months to two years old now. Um, avocado generally starts bearing fruit in four, four to five years, sometimes a little bit earlier, um, depending on the, on, you know, the seasons that we get in terms of how much rain and everything. Um, so what you could expect kind of, you know, in a, in a, in a couple of years, two, two to three years is probably when the revenue would start coming in. Okay. Um, okay. Tom would like to know, is there any advantages to not being a citizen anywhere on the planet and just having residencies in favorable, favorable jurisdictions? So that's not possible, Tom. They're not going <laughs> to allow you to go stateless, although it would be nice to be stateless. Um, then you also wouldn't have a passport, so you'd kind of be stuck in an airport. There are yeah. stateless people out there, and it's actually not a joke. It's like a real nightmare. Like it's, it's Society has no idea what to do with them. So you have to have a citizenship somewhere, which would be your passports or your travel document that you'd be able to travel between countries. And then you can really have a residency in as many countries as you can maintain. Now, I don't say that you can have as many residencies as you want, because usually there's some type of requirement in the country. Um, you know, Panama is one day every two years. Nicaragua, we're pretty much saying if done correctly, it can be one day every year or possibly even less. But, um, you know, some countries out there will require much more. Some will require hundreds of days. Um, you know, some will require you be there for pretty much the entire year to keep your residency active. So a program that allows you to be there only one day every two years or one day every year is a huge advantage and a really great program for sure. Okay. Um, da -da -da -da. Scott says that he missed some of the presentation, uh, but the portion that he did see was very informative. So thank you. Uh, he wants to know how long is the contract for, and the peace of mind add-ons would be paid for the duration of the contract. Are they both necessary or just the maintenance work? So I think this is the insurance contract specifically that he's talking about. Right. Um, I mean, I mentioned it earlier and, uh, Hopefully you can watch the recording and, and see that. But basically, you know, the, the insurance uh, at, at some point, I would say, you know, when the when the teak trees are four or five years old, uh, that maybe the insurance isn't necessary anymore because they can withstand, you know, termites, fire, just about anything. So then it's not as important as it is when they're younger. So and we don't you know, you can cancel your insurance at any point. So it's it's fine. But. Uh, we we just recommend it because you know you're not you're not generally there all the time and and living there and if you know you want to make sure that your trees do you know if there is some catastrophic event um, you know you'd lose a little bit of time but we'd replant everything with with uh, you know tree trees again and you would uh, you know you wouldn't have lost everything you you might if it happened today you might have lost eighteen months of time because you know mm -hmm. that we're going to put in new trees again. But uh, they're younger trees. But at least you you have that peace of mind that they're it, it, it's it's not a loss. Uh, the second part to his question is: Can he build a house on the plot? We've had a few questions like this as well, and I know you mentioned it quickly, but maybe thirty seconds to go over it. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's nothing right now. It's uh, we're we're just in the process of renewing our uh, reforestation certificate. And uh, I, we, that's just waiting for the paperwork. It's all been green lighted and everything and, and, and it's renewed. But 
So if, if that's important to you, um, it doesn't really affect your residency or your revenue or anything, but if it's important to you to be uh, that your farm is a, a certified reforestation farm, then you may not be able to build a house on it, um, obviously, because if you're cutting down trees to build a house, then then it might say, well, you know, we're not going to we're not going to certify that anymore. But uh, you're, you're I mean, it's your it's your property. It's you know, you can do whatever you want with it. Um, you can you, know, you just go out and get a permit to build a home in the local municipality and, and away you go. Yeah, we're very libertarian about these types of things. So, you know, we'll try to give you guys the best information possible and try to help you every step of the way. But the decision is yours. I mean, you are the owner. So uh, you you will take your responsibility for yourself at that point. Uh, Johnny says, I'm in smiley face. And he says, possibly two parcels. So I love all the smiley faces. I know, it's good. I like how it somehow caught on with the I'm in. I think this is brilliant. I love it. So good. Okay, Uh, Ali, I want to hear a Italian accent for welcome to the family. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um I welcome to the family. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> wow. Very, very impressive. Very I, I felt like I was back in Rome. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <laughs> that's a stretch, but okay. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, da, 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 da. Felt, All right. We're down like to our last a... couple of questions here. We've done really well. I mean, well, we're kind of at the two hour mark going on two hours, but uh, if we're... there's any more questions, please put them in the chat box. I'm going to try to pound through these last couple of ones. Um, Jerry asks, talk about the revenue aspects. How much does it cash flow? Can you bring back up the slide for us, please, of the projected returns? I can. Just, maybe if you can leave that, that one up there for a minute and I'll let Jerry read that yeah. one. Um, Johnny would like to know, do I have to stay in the country while the immigration process is ongoing? Basically, when when you apply for the residency, um, the lawyer will talk to you about all this, but basically they'll, they'll ask um, for, they, they don't always, but generally they'll ask for an interview and that has to be in person unless you have a really good excuse for not being in the country to do that interview. But um, you generally will know, like they'll say, okay, they'll, it's not always that much time that they'll give you. Maybe they'll call, call on a Tuesday and say, hey, can next Wednesday we'd like to interview you. And the interview is very simple. It's like, you know, what, what are you planning on doing with your, your farm? And simple answers. It's just, I'm going to grow trees and, you know, let's pay my bills that kind of thing, but they just want to see that, um, you know, there, there's some potential um, employment from, from your, from your farm. And, and there is, right. We employ the people that are maintaining it and taking care of it and, you know, all those things. So it, it's a pretty simple process, but sometimes they don't give you all that long of a time, you know, of notice. So if during that kind of application period, you do need to be a little bit flexible if you can. And if you have to reschedule, because there's so many people um, going through the process right now, you know, it could delay it for another three months or something. If they, you say, I can't make it next Tuesday, can we do it um, after that? They might give you another date that's quite a ways down the road. Okay, awesome. Uh, a couple of questions here on uh, entering the country, PCR tests, vaccine requirements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, any insights from that front? 
Yeah, they, they don't need any vaccine. You don't need a vaccine to, to enter the country. You don't need to wear masks once you're there. Um, I think they still, as of a couple of weeks ago, um, if you're not vaccinated, then they, they require a, a, a test, a COVID test. But I'm guessing like everywhere else, that's going to be dropping pretty soon. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, we've done it. 132 questions. Nice. <laughs> Well, I guess a couple of those were uh, comments from people on where they where they were from and stuff. That's a lot of questions we went through. Amazing. Thank you very much, Patrick. Thank you very much, Ali. I appreciate you taking an extended time and going through all of the questions for my people. Uh, Ali, maybe you could show up the email address one more time and maybe just quickly yes. talk again about the opportunity if someone decides that they want to move forwards on this presentation, the, the special offer that you made him, because I think it is very generous. Perfect. So if you are um, here live watching this, or maybe you're going to be watching the recording later, this ad, this email address, expat at ecovillages.life will put you directly in touch with myself, Patrick, Mikkel, and Andrea will all get you taken care of. There is a short two-page form that we'll have you fill out and let us know how you would like to move forward with funding your investment. And um, once we have that back from you, our accounting team will contact you with your invoice, uh, whether you decide to move forward with insurance and maintenance and all of those things. Um, we will send you your ownership package, which will include all of those details about the parcel um, and the agreements and everything like that. We'll, uh, after that, we'll introduce you to the residency attorney and off you go. And maybe you can just also say about the special opportunity for oh, this... <laughs> yeah, hint, hint, wink, wink. You made these guys a promise here, Ali. I'm going to hold you to it. I did. I did. But, but I'm Italian now. So, you know. <laughs> um, so until August 15th, you have until August 15th to step up and say you're ready um, to move forward. Um, we will include your residency process fees for up to two people. So uh, $39,000 residency fees, uh, process fees are included in that if you choose to move forward before August 15th. Amazing. Okay, we did it. Thanks, everyone. I really appreciate everyone staying. I know it's probably almost 10 o'clock at night on the East Coast. Uh, Panama, it's almost 9 o'clock. So it's uh, time to sign off. Thank you very, very much. Um, Tom says, thank you. Uh, AP has one last question. They says, does the $39,000 provide residency? Yes, AP, the $39,000 contains residency as well. We're going to send you the recording for this. Uh, so everybody who's registered today, we'll, we'll send you the recording. It'll probably take, what, 24 hours, I would guess. Uh, we'll email it out. If you don't get it within 24 hours, check your spam folder. Sometimes they go in the spam folder. Um and we will be happy to answer any questions that you have. And I think that's it. Thanks a lot, Mikkel. That's it. Jerry says, thank you. Kim says, thank you. Uh, Tom says, thank you. AP says, thanks. Lots of thank yous here. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Patrick and Allie. And we'll see you guys later, okay? <laughs> thanks, everybody. Bye. -bye.
This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern time, go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.